Welcome to the first ever Dice Heist side quest. In these episodes, we will be playing a game normally unrelated to the main show. And for the foreseeable future, these will be following the Spelljammer Academy series. Uh, Spelljammer Academy was released by D&D Beyond as a free promotional set of adventures for the new Spelljammer sourcebook that is coming out today, August 16th. It is still free to anyone with a D&D Beyond account. It is a digestible two-hour adventure written by Will Doyle. I've decided to record us playing this adventure for two major reasons. Number one, this adventure seemed well-suited for new players. And I wanted to show that D&D is for all skill levels and those with almost no knowledge about the game, especially since the main cast of Dice Heist are all seasoned veterans to D&D. And number two, I wanted to show that D&D can be played in a shorter form, as well as in a longer form, like we do on the main show. Today, we only have two players for this adventure, even though it recommends three to seven. It wasn't too difficult to adjust as a DM for the slightly lower number of players in the game. There was a few adjustments I had to make, but they're really subtle and bonus points if you can catch them during play. As a last warning, before we begin, this three-part series will have spoilers for the adventure, so do not listen if you plan to play the Spelljammer Academy Orientation Adventure with your group. It's perfect for those who plan to run this game, however, or those who have already had a chance to play this adventure. At the end of this third installment of this mini-series, we will take a moment to review the adventure as a whole and discuss some things that may not have come up during play. I hope you guys enjoy this, and sorry I kind of put this this bit of exposition back here. It was initially meant to be recorded, but we got a little ahead of ourselves when we started. So I hope you guys enjoy this, and I'm going to leave it to them. While adventurers of all stripes explore Faerun and deal with the perils of ancient ruins, malevolent cults, and long-forgotten tombs, those who come through Spelljammer Academy on Nimbral strive to protect the world from far greater threats. Spelljammer Academy trains cadets for service as Spelljammers and members of the Spelljammer Corps, both branches of a magical navy sworn to protect Toril and to explore other worlds beyond. Few people know of the Academy's existence, and its leaders try to keep it that way. Mert the Merciless, also known as the Old Wolf, is the Spelljammer Academy's founder and chief financial officer. He manages the institution's operations alongside a small group of powerful high-ranking officers, known collectively as the Bridge. While most of its candidates are from Toril, the Academy occasionally recruits from outside Realm Space, the Wild Space system that is home to the planet Toril, to bring individuals with unique talents into their ranks. Gif, Githyanki, Hadozi, Plasmoids, and myriad other peoples can join the cadets alongside folk native to Toril. The Academy was founded by Mert as part of a joint investment with a retired elf adventurer, Almander, who operates a shop on the Rock of Brawl, a city built on an asteroid. Prince Andrew, the monarch of Brawl, was invested heavily in the Academy, though his support has waned of late 
over questions regarding security within the institution. Hello, friends, and welcome to Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Julie, and today I will be playing Prix Crixel, a lizard folk bard. Over to you, Erica. Hi, everybody. My name is Erica, and I will be playing Riddith, our bugbear barbarian. Over to you, DM. Hi, guys. I am your DM, Raceland. And last time we talked about how uh, we are playing the Spelljammer Academy orientation uh, adventure released by uh, D&D Beyond. So just to give you guys some background, Spelljammer is a really, really old setting that was released in, I believe, first edition D&D, or rather AD&D um, initially, and was eventually upgraded to second edition, and I believe even has a uh, iteration in third edition. I don't think it ever made it to fourth, but it is coming to fifth edition in the next week. Hopefully I'll have this out by then. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, once the full rule set comes out, we will be able to get more into this. But for right now, we're just kind of playing with what we have. And I thought this was a perfect time to introduce two fairly new players to the game because it's a first level adventure. And it's also set up a lot like an Adventures League uh, adventure, which most of those are kind of slated to be one or one and a half to two, maybe two and a half hours long. Nothing super intensive. Um, and it's also like the perfect way for players to like be initialized into D&D without having to full on play for like eight hours straight like most people do. We're going to hop back into this. And last time on the show, we had our two protagonists, Prix Crixel and Riddith, uh, in a fight for their lives, which they turned out to just be on the simulation deck and their lives were never actually in danger. Uh, before we get any further, why don't we take a quick moment? And have you guys talk a little bit about your characters real quick. So let's go over to Riddith first. Riddith, what does your character look like? And you said you or you've already said that you are a bugbear barbarian. So what does that mean for Riddith? So Riddith um, is, like you said, a bugbear. She has um, kind of a reddish fur, you know, tint to her fur or hair. She's bordering the line between <laughs> more animal or more hair. Um, so more like a reddish tint. Ah, uh, yes. The two breeds, animal or hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant? You almost fall out of your chair again. Don't even. No. <laughs> Her chair does not even actually lean back. It's just a regular fucking chair. <laughs> okay. So Riddith has... <laughs> Red fur, we're just going to go with fur and leave it at that. Uh, green eyes that tend to glow when she's in rage because green eyes have a tendency to show emotion very clearly. Okay. Um, as far as what she's um, wearing, really just common clothes, whatever will fit. Clearly kind of stitched together some things because of her larger stature and her longer arms. Um, she does have... Uh, bruises on her body that still probably should have healed but haven't uh places in her fur where the uh, scars are there and fur hasn't grown back at all so she does look like she's had a rough time um yeah okay all right yeah that sounds good all right so over to you pricks crixel pricks what what does our lizard folk bar bard look like so pricks crixel honestly i i kind of imagine pricks as being like 
a little more towards androgyny, so I'm thinking she, they pronouns. Purple scales, because it's very classy, um, but on the darker side of purple, because it helps her like blend in with the surroundings a little bit better. Um, not necessarily space, but maybe like the woods or, you know, a, a, a like, dark swamp. Yeah, like a dark swamp. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that would definitely make you blend in perfectly with and the background. I'm, I'm also picturing darker blue eyes, like stormy blue. Okay. You know, like sailor blue. Nice. Um, and then in terms of, of the outfit itself, I'm thinking very androgynous. Okay. Maybe just like like a shift. For all of my friends that know fashion terms, a shift, a black shift. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, we know nothing about okay. fashion. <laughs> that also makes three of us. Dad who wears jeans and t-shirts and that's it. But that's a look we love for you. Um, But kind of just picture like almost like a shapeless dress kind of vibe. Okay, cool. Um, with like some silver accents because we're doing like a light armor moment. I'm thinking like a silver, but like a slightly rusted silver. Because they've been doing some stuff, you know? They've been living their lives. Okay. Um, Are we just doing physical description or are we doing like emotional? Yeah, just do physical description to start. Okay. All right, cool. So I will finish right there. Yeah. So we find our two protagonists uh, standing currently in the, yeah, the simulation deck with uh, Bosun Tarto, the Hadozi, who last time we kind of refrained from explaining what that is. So a Hadozi is a uh, humanoid that is similar to like a chimpanzee or a monkey. So kind of like Planet of the Apes-esque to an extent. Um, for the players here, I can actually show you a quick pick of this lady. Show me all the quick picks. So uh, if I could describe uh, this Hadozi woman, um, there is multiple scars on her face. She, she gives me very much... Um... For those of you who are familiar with the uh, 2002 Disney film that is highly underrated, Treasure Planet, yeah. um, the cat oh, captain, uh huh, yeah, Captain Amelia, yeah, she mm-hmm. very much, but like if Captain Amelia was more of a monkey, where it's like the, but there's still like the angles and the very like sharp sharpness to her big there, forehead. There is also this kind of like perpetual like cloud of cigar smoke that hangs around her at all times. Uh, so, I mean, that, that adds to it. Yeah. It adds to the, like, intimidation yeah. of, of, like, the whole vibe. Yeah, like, and, like, you know when she's coming because of that. Uh, we are going to hop back in as you guys are standing there with Bosun Tarto, and you just finished your kind of, like, entry into the academy, just testing your medal against the simulation. Well, cadets, I think it's, uh... I think you're gonna work out, but... I have some notes for both of you. One, we're going to start with you, Pricks. While I will commend you on your f- tenacity rushing headlong into a fr- into the fray and taking on the glass-headed individual, however, I did not think it was quite intelligent of you to chomp down on the head of a reaver. They are highly contagious and... If this was real, you probably would have turned into one of them. Keep that in mind. Might just save your life. Duly noted. And you. Riddith, is it? Yes. Riddith. So, again, wonderful job rushing in and taking on your foes. However, I would recommend in the future that 
You incite that primal rage before attacking. It can help strike a little bit harder into your foes. And, and, well done turning to help your comrade who is close to being vanquished. Good move. Thank you, ma'am. Both of you show good promise if you're willing to put in the effort, but that's going to take a long time. Might as well start today. Here, since you guys are sure you want to be cadets, I will give you the map of the academy, and here are your orientation slips. Please review them. I need you to complete this at your earliest convenience. Within the next few hours, preferably, make sure you complete each item individually on the list. Initially, you need to head up to administration first and talk to Sorker. He will give you guys your package that will allow you to enter the rest of the facility unmolested by disintegration. Well, right now we're at the simulations deck, I think, based on this map and what just happened. So we need to go down to the administration, which is toward the bottom of the tower. You you look at that too, just make sure. Make sure you guys are keeping note of the level of uh, restriction. There's a key at the bottom, and each of the levels have a uh, have a color code to it. Oh, double check that. I didn't look. Got you. Okay, so luckily someone decided to appeal to the color coding part of my brain. So it looks like the simulations deck is a visitor and officer access point. So we're trying to go to admin, which is, let's see, four floors down. Um, and it looks like it's the same level of access on that floor. However, the floors in between are for cadets. I think we're cool, though. We're cadets, aren't we? That is correct. Did we, we made it? However, you guys do not have your cadet uniforms, so security does not know you have our cadets. Okay. So until you go down to administration, they do not know that you are cadets. So what you're saying is we need okay. to ya ya yeet and climb down the side of this. No, no. Or we could ask, would you mind escorting us, ma'am? I do not have time for that. Okay. But if you go down this hall right here, it will head towards a stairwell that heads down towards the gymnasium. You got that? Yes. Cadets? Uh -huh. Yes. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Right. Sexy monkey lady, ma'am. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. From the gymnasium, you guys are going to head down again to the cadet quarters. From there, one more level down, and you will finally get to where you are trying to go. Do we have ID cards to like prove who we are as humans? Once you Entities. get once you get down to administration, they will have everything that you need. Why did we do the simulation? <laughs> cadet, I am not in the mood to be questioned by you. Please follow your orders and go to administration. Ma'am, yes, ma'am. Just keep wanting to call her sex monkey. You have two hours. If you do not complete all of your orientation tasks in that time, I will have assumed that you are not fit to be cadets. Is that understood? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She turns around. You are dismissed. To the gymnasium, then. To the gymnasium. All okay. Right. All right. So you guys head down to the next level. Um, and as you go down, you kind of realize that there's this kind of series of hallways and these staircases that reach out outside of the spire where you're walking down along this, like, you're hundreds of feet up in the air and you are just got the staircase with a the railing. They're better than the Empire, don't worry. They have railings. <laughs> um, 
but bef- below you can feel the wind pushing you up against the rock and the sea is crashing against the uh, the island below all of it you hear the seagulls and you smell the salty breeze you continue down and as you go down each level that you come to there is kind of like the security checkpoint set up where there are two individuals uh holding swords and kind of blocking off the main area and as you walk past them you can continue down and they do not stop you unless you try and pass them directly uh, this allows you to kind of work your way back down to administration. The administration deck uh, is directly above the sea dock where you guys came in. And you guys kind of had to pass through here, so it's semi-familiar, but not super familiar. Um, inside, it includes a visitor's lounge with a bar, guest rooms, or uh, for visiting off-world uh, dignitaries, and the Academy's reception. Your destination, of course, is reception. Uh, where you guys are going to meet Sorker. And as you kind of come f- come through, uh, can someone roll a d8, please? I got you. Sounds good. Eight. Eight. So as you guys are walking down, there are two, uh, what you'd assume to be cadets based on their red uniforms, kind of walking by. And as they walk past, you can kind of overhear some sort of discussion. Can both of you guys make perception checks? Julie, so to roll a perception check, you're going to roll a d20. And then add your bonus for perception. 17. Okay. Five. Five. Okay, so this, you are not paying attention at all, Pricks. Yeah. So uh, you're just kind of like focused and kind of like you're looking all about you. And I mean, like, it's a very beautiful building. It looks like it's carved directly out of the cave itself from inside. Um, But they've also hung these magical lights that light up around you. And you don't really notice the conversation. However, you hear about these two discussing uh, how even in spite of recent improvements, three out of ten expeditionary fleet missions still result in all hands lost. I'm having a bit of second thought about this. (laughs) (laughs) And that all happens as you guys are walking directly up towards the the administration desk, or the reception desk. And uh, before you guys are able to even realize what's going on, you see this kind of like insectoid-like humanoid creature standing behind the desk. And they're kind of like, they keep reaching underneath the desk, grabbing these small stones and whispering things into them, setting them back down. And as they notice you, they uh, you hear them say, please hold, and set it back down. And he looks up at you. Welcome. Are you our new recruits? Yes, sir. Why are you looking at me like that? I have not seen one of your kind before. Oh, I'm a Thrycrane. Nice to meet you. My name is Sorker. Yeah, uh, we come from out in space. Oh. I think there might be some colonies on the planet, but I've never met them. What? What's What's your name? My name's Riddith. Riddith. Ah, uh, give me one moment. Yeah, Riddith, Riddith, Riddith. Uh, ah, here you go. Eh, here is your pack. Thank you. Thank you. you. All right, and who who is this? Pricks Crixel reporting for duty, my good friend. Well, hello there, Pricks. Uh, let me see. Crixel, uh, Crixel. Yep, oh, yep, here you go. Yep, sign up. All right, thank you. Uh, if you guys need anything, please let me know. I am here to serve, and I do actually really need to get back to work. So if you guys can move on, thank you. Yes, please hold. Uh, yeah, yep. 
Go thank on. you. All right. Bye. Sounds Bye. like a good one. Yeah. You have a good day. You Bye too. Now. All right. Thank you. Yep. So as you guys kind of move on, you uh, get a chance to kind of look over this pack that he handed you. And in this pack, you see a red uniform uh, with the cadet symbol on it. Uh, and there's also a spare in there with a toiletry bag that matches. Uh, you also see that there's this kind of like folded up uh, piece of parchment that says 50 gold piece of voucher on it. Um redeemable at academy store in addition there is also a helmet uh that is blue in color uh, it's kind of like just this leather cap and you're not really sure what it's for so what are you guys doing next well now that we got our duds i think it's time for step two which is reporting to the quarters for our bunk assignment hey maybe we could be bunk buddies dude i would like to call the bottom right now of I'm course. not climbing up there. Of Just course. in case we're assigned together. Thank you. Of course she's a bottom. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you guys choose to move on to the cadet quarters. Can I have you, Pricks, roll me a D8, please? Seven. Seven. Okay. Uh, a magical voice can be heard booming throughout the entire facility as you guys make your way toward the uh, the cadet quarters. Ectoplasm breach on Spelljammer Naxus level. All personnel be prepared for supernatural anomalies. Ectoplasmic breach on Spelljammer Nexus level. All personnel be prepared for supernatural anomalies. Riddith, do you think we're going to have to do some Ghostbusters shit today? I don't think so. I mean, that's that's a good set of floors ahead of us. Above us, rather. I think we'll be all right. Uh, and as you guys continue on, uh, the in front of you, you finally make it to the cadet quarters floor, and the lights begin to flicker a little bit as you guys come to the security checkpoint. You walk up to the area, and two security officers are standing, at one at either side. They stop you as they see you not wearing any uniform. Halt! Where are you guys going? We're just going to our quarters to get our bunks. We're new cadets, and I would like to show... You show your uniform. My uniform that we have in hand. All right, all right. Make sure you put that on ASAP. Yes, sir. I want to have to use this thing, and he he smacks a, a short sword on his hip. I mean, it doesn't look super impressive, but like, hate to have to use this on someone like you. But I assure you, I do not want it to be used on me either. We will get changed right away. Thank you. And as as you say that, you read this note that's hanging um next to the door, uh. Go ahead and read that for me. What does that say? Warning. Due to recent thefts, security checkpoints are in operation throughout campus. Failure to stop when challenged will result in disintegration. Yeah, no, I do not want you to use that, sir. We will be on our way. <laughs> so, so. Thank he, you for all you protect. You head on into the cadet quarters. Uh <laughs> And now, fearing for your life if you go into the wrong area, willing or unwilling. Uh, so, in the cadet quarters, uh, it contains a dormitory for cadets and a smaller dorm for academy graduates. A The Weeping Gar Goddess Tavern, a raucous bar that serves cadets, and a refractory where cadets take their meals, complete with patio dining, washroom, the academy kitchens, and laundry. So you guys head on over towards the dormitory area where you see this extremely large, we'll say seven, almost 
eight feet tall humanoids standing there. They have these hippo-like features and are almost as immense as they are tall. And with this kind of like booming voice, he looks down at you. Names. Aridith. Aridith. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, Riddith, your bunk is going to be over there uh, by that window. All right. Thank you, sir. Pricks Crixel, sir. Pricks Crixel. Uh, yep. Got your bunk. Uh, you're right underneath her over on that bunk. You get the top. You have the top. Or you have the bottom. Got it? Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, Pricks. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are wandering over towards the, the bunk as you chat. Can we please switch? I do not like heights like that. That does no, no. Yeah, I don't mind. I, I'm worried. I'd have nightmares. I crush you in my sleep. You are a little lizard. I am a medium-sized lizard. Thank you very much. I am very, very average for my breed. So you two finally arrive at this bunk, and you see this uh, slender young female elf kind of wander up and chuck her bag down onto the bunk that you guys were just assigned to. Uh, you see kind of like these three human, human uh, half-elf uh, cronies standing behind her. You know, the mean girls-esque almost vibe to them. And uh, she says to you, change of plans, Greenie. This bunk is mine now. Go tell the duty officer it was, wasn't to your liking and we'll get ourselves swapped over. Tell him You've traded bunks with Vina. First of all, you must be colorblind because I'm purple, bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you also slow as well as purple? Greeny is more the color of your blood, Oh, you lizard. Different races. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> different you casual coward. races. Sorry, I definitely, I was like, Raislin, I told you I was purple. <laughs> <laughs> no, Greeny refers to someone who is uh, brand spanking new. Oh, yeah. See, like Greenhorn. Yeah, or... Who? A green, you're a green recruit, like you have not been tested yet. Like we a, haven't even spent a night there yet. Yeah. Like, like a newly budded Yeah, you're plant. brand fucking spanking new. Love that. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, for all of our friends at home that also just learned a new thing. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning today. It's okay. Well, okay, go on. We need to scurry off. Tell them you're switching with Vina. Come on. Excuse me, my friend. I don't know who you think you are, but what you're not going to do is tell us what to do. Because if I'm reading the situation correctly, you're also wearing a red uniform with a blue hat, which, yikes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So would would I be wrong in saying that you're trying to intimidate her? Oh, no, 100%. Okay. So go ahead and give me an intimidation roll then. And uh, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing in this? Are you just kind of like shying behind her? Like a little bit submissive? Yes. Okay. So yes. we're just, just kind of like Riddith standing. Riddith is very uncomfortable with conflict. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Riddith gets the bottom bunk. <laughs> All right, I got a whopping 17. Okay. Yeah, so she uh, she seems a little bit like um, put off. Oh, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. 
and she scurries off back towards the bunk that she pointed you to. And you notice that it's right next to the refractory where you guys would be taking your meals. So it's probably going to be kind of loud over there, which is what she was hoping to avoid. But she digresses and moves on. Thanks, Pricks. I appreciate it. Anytime, my friend, anytime. So is it still all right if I have the bottom bunk then? Yeah, I'll just kind of set my set my pack down gently on the bottom <laughs> to to pseudo say, yeah, I was asking, but I, I'm telling you a little bit <laughs> that I'm still getting it. And go ahead and take it. A couple extra feet never hurt anybody is what I always say. Thank you. So I will gather my my uniform and say a little prayer to myself that it fits and then I will go get changed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you go get changed, and you notice that it's kind of stretchy. Ooh. So it kind of helps helps you slide in there. It does make it a little bit more form-fitting, which might be slightly uncomfortable, but, you know, it, it fits. That's that's the really important part. I'm just going to change in front of everybody because I got nothing to hide. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, no one seems uh, at all, like, Phased. perturbed by the fact that you are changing. You're also, like a lizard so i'm you know in the little private quarters getting changed i'm looking at this bag of toiletries and this uniform and something that actually fits and i'm a little taken aback not gonna lie because this is something i have not had so riddith might take a second longer just because she's overcoming this overwhelming sense of having something she hasn't had before okay uh, it's at this time that you notice you've you've already changed. You're kind of waiting by the bunk uh, for Riddith to come back. And it's been 45 minutes Ugh. since you guys were told initially to uh, to get out, get and go, get going, get down there to administration and all that. You had two hours total to get back to Bosentarto. And you're realizing that your friend's taking a little bit longer than you may or may not like. I'm going to head over in the direction that I saw Riddith go mm-hmm. um, and look, you know, peek around like you do. See if I can see her feet in, in one of the stalls. And so I do see her little furry feet, little reddish brown, busted feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> busted. <laughs> that they're busted. Listen, <laughs> Riddith went on a whole thing about how she's seen some stuff and been through things. So that means her feet are busted. Um, And so I just do like a light little knock. Okay. Hey, Riddith, it's already been 45 minutes, my friend. We got to go. Oh, okay. I'll be right out. Just give me two seconds. I'll be out faster than a goblin who fell in water on accident. (laughs) So Riddith will rush out of the bathroom. Was changed. Just again, having kind of a moment. Uh, A little frazzled, apologetic and ready to to put the toiletries and everything back at the bunks and move on. Okay, so yeah, what's uh, what's your guys' next next step? Riddith, you have the map, right? Yes, yes, I do. All right, where the heck is the sky dock? Because that's where we're supposed well, to go Well, it's in next. the sky, pricks. Like, sky dock, like sea dock. Like, like in the sky sky. Like, this is a tower. Look at the map. Sky dock, we gotta go up. Up. Okay, that's the only... Two directions in this place is up and down. Oh, I definitely, I definitely thought it was a free floating thing, and I was about to explain to you that I'm not the kind of lizard that's got wings, and I'm pretty sure that you're not a bugbear with wings, 
Unless you got some, like, hidden monarch butterfly in there or something. I do not. So we just nice. need to go up. All right. They don't They don't have any uh, elevators in this place, do they? Uh, just walk, pricks. Not even, not even an escalator. Just walk. <laughs> it's, we're cadets, for goodness sake. All I'm saying what did is, your mama teach you? We're, we're just gonna, walk up the stairs. We're going to hit our steps either way. I'm just trying to, you know, get a little rest in. Well, I am a little bit concerned because it says only sailors can get up to the sky dock. So, but it says all cadets. I am confused. Wait, let me see this. So as you guys are kind of standing directly outside of the uh, dormitory, just kind of chatting about this, uh, you see kind of like just, just outside kind of going up, you see this gurney with this manacled mind flare uh, pass by. Um, being pushed by some fleet officers. Uh, the Mind Flare wears an iron mask with bands restricting its facial tentacles. So just to kind of like give anyone else out there who's a little unfamiliar, um, Mind Flares are humanoids that are Cthulhu-like monsters, okay? They have octopus-like faces with tentacles and everything like that. They literally suck the brains out of their victims. Not fun. No. But, uh, yeah, this one seems manacled and well-restrained while being moved by two officers. Uh, you... Yeah, um... I don't know... Yeah, where do you guys want to go next? You guys are going to head up to the Sky Dock? Yes. We're going to try. Okay. But I don't know. We don't have access, do we? Okay. Uh, so you guys move on up there. You get to the Sky Dock. And again, you come to a similar, um, like, checkpoint that has the same exact sign um, put up there with two guards, one on either side. Say, halt! Where are you two going? Excuse me, Serge. We're going to the Sky Dock on my orientation task list. I'll show it. It says that we are to report to the Sky Dock for ship inspection. You got your blue helmet, cadet? I think so. Okay, go ahead and, because you didn't say, neither no, of you said no. you were putting on your blue helmets. <clears throat> so go ahead and roll me, we're just going to do random luck. Just go ahead and roll me a d20. Both of us? Yeah. Uh, and then high, you guys did put it on or have it with you. Sweet. Low, you left it at your bunk because you weren't sure what it was for. I'm 11. 11? 11 is high. Yeah. To the bottom of high. Um, um. You're at 10. Okay, so you don't have your helmet. That's the top of low. <laughs> <laughs> almost Julie almost <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have your helmet yours is in your bag now my question my question what if I wore it to get through and then whoop, <laughs> just yeeted are it you asking this of the guards here <laughs> no just talking out loud I'm sorry because it's the only thing I can think of so she didn't waste time going all the way back down the, st the stairs which she does not want to climb I guess I'm just gonna have to do some extra cardio today or wait are you magic I'm not uh, can I magic myself do you have a spell that does that no Julie you don't well, have a spell that does that first of all wait a second <laughs> I heard the spell she picked no, I could just use acrobatics, and I, I would assume something like that, or athletics to like go down the stairs faster and come back up faster. That way we're not yeah. wasting time. Uh, athletics could be used to do that. Um, if you would like to do that, you can do that for your buddy. Go ahead and roll that d20. I will do that for my buddy. Okay. Thanks, dude. And I Is add my bonus, correct? Mm-hmm. 
It's so hard not to use the accent just in general. I know. So I'm sorry if I slip. Dude, I can't, I can't stop doing a southern accent because of you. <laughs> that is a 19. 19. Okay, so that's pretty good. You're able to kind of rush. Uh, you're moving at a decent pace. You're pretty good at running. Like, you're just good at it. You're able to move pretty quickly, um, and you're able to get back up. You've only wasted an additional maybe 10 minutes total trying to run all the way back down and get back up there. You're just kind of standing around waiting, you know, just kind of looking inside there. You see that there's a couple small, uh, like what look like naval vessels almost just kind of sitting there, um, resting on the ground. Uh, there's no water up here or anything like that. Obviously you're like thousands of feet up in the air. Um, but finally Rith does make it back to you and, uh, you have her helmet. Here you go. Can we please, sirs, gain access to the sky dock? Gotta put them on. Oh, okay. They are on. Can we please enter? They're on and we're killing it. We are fashion icons over here. I don't even care. I just would like to not be after the two hours. So. Okay. So you guys are let into the sky dock. Uh, so as you guys come in here, you see spell jamming ships uh, docked here, like I mentioned to uh, Pricks. You see off to one side two twin gnomes. They look almost identical, even though one is male and one is female. You can obviously tell this from a distance. Uh, and they are awaiting new cadets. When they notice you come in, they kind of wave to you and motion you over. Riddith, I, I think they're trying to be friends. Do you want to go make a friend or two? I think they're here to check us in for the ship inspection. Either way, we should go over there. Either way, we might make a friend. Hello, my name is Kip, and this is my sister Pick. We are going to be going over everything necessary for our ship inspections. Now... You must pay very close attention to these inspections because failure on an inspection will be counted against you and could even garnish your wages if you mess up. Kip, would you please, for the love of God, just give them a break, okay? Th this is the first day, okay? Look, look, guys, okay, we're just going to go over everything here. We're going to show you the ropes. You guys will have no trouble keeping up with it, I promise, okay? It's not as hard as he's making it sound. But we will garnish your wages if, if you fuck up. Trust me. It's it's gonna happen. Alright? Alright, so pay attention. Got it? So, the two of them kind of lead you about uh, pointing out different things on the ship. Uh, where you're supposed to clean underneath the ship. Uh, the proper way to store different rope. The storage capacity underneath the ship and how you properly tie things down. They begin going into this weird explanation of gravity planes. Um, can both of you roll me an intelligence check, please? And this is going to determine your ability. Yeah. Uh, just add your intelligence modifier. Um, and this will determine, like, your ability to kind of, like, pick up on the different uh, things that they're telling you. 13. 13, okay. 14. 14, okay. So both of you actually are doing a decent job of picking up on all the information. Um, none of it's too far above your head. The whole thing about the gravity planes is a little bit odd to you because, like, you just always fall down. Like, that's just a thing. Um, but apparently on these ships, when they're floating out in space, they have this plane kind of towards the middle deck. And when you're above said plane, 
you fall down. When you're below, you fall up. So if you fell off the side of the ship, you just kind of bounce back and forth in the gravity plane until you were outside of the gravity plane, in which case you just kind of float off into space. And that's bad news from what they tell you. Um, so it's very important to make sure you do not fall overboard and that the proper safety equipment is always at hand to rescue any uh, sailors that fall overboard. I am going to need you both to roll me perception checks, though, please. That's a 20. That's a 20. Okay. It's a dirty 21. 21. Okay. So both of you kind of notice this, not simultaneously, but like around the same time. Uh, so this strikes you specifically, Riddith, like initially because you see a hobgoblin. And it kind of like, you're like instantly like focused on this individual. They are wearing a purple uniform, which if you look at your map, you can tell that means that indicates that they're an officer. Mm -hmm. Um, which not sure how you feel about that, but we'll leave that at that. But they're kind of on a nearby dock, maybe two ships over. And you see him unloading uh, with a merchant. And he's just was surreptitiously past something that he slips into his coat. Kind of looks back and forth and you see him pass a platinum piece back to the merchant. And uh, he he seems to just kind of be trying to conceal it in his pocket, looking around as he kind of walks back and towards the exit of the the sky dock. You also pick up on this as well. Um, and Kip and Pick are just kind of keep going about talking about the inspection and all this. Now here, this is the spell jamming helm. You guys need to be careful around this. Unless you are the helmsman, you need to be keeping very close eye on where you are on the ship. You don't want to interfere with a spell jammer while they are in motion, okay? That is very, very dangerous. Oh, yep, absolutely. Makes sense now, to me. Are either of you spellcasters? I am. You, you are. So you you probably could you might be flying one of these one day. I hope so. Hope so. Alright, well. Hope you don't crash it. That'd be a fucking disaster. Uh, and he just turns around and... Please, please ignore him. He's just... <sighs> no harm, no foul, my friend. My mother loved me more. I mean, it just... You know, she wanted two girls and she got him too. So it just didn't go. Your mother and I got something in common. I like her... <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? <laughs> well, I was going to say it, and then he talked too quick. So, like, I couldn't put it at, like, the right <laughs> side of <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they continue just chatting about the inspection. And do you guys do anything else? Did I catch the name tag on the officer? No, you did not. It was not quite visible. Oh. Are there many other hobgoblins around? Or would that officer no. stick out? No, I mean, I think I think they would stick out to you. Okay, just want to understand. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be the the kind of like out of the blue question asker here. I'm mainly asking because you said this before we started recording. Are we genuinely concerned about space drugs? <laughs> Are you asking this in character to keep and pick? <laughs> No. Okay. You um, asking you. Okay, so you as a player are asking me. Um, I don't I don't know. That's up to you. Like, you know almost nothing about space. Okay. So like if you like cause like drugs exist, 
Right. On Faerun. Like, you could be concerned about drugs, and, like, your brain just took a spiral and was like, oh, my God, there's space drugs. <laughs> there's probably space drugs. Like, that's a just where you're... just went down. Yeah. Like, right. Like, can you imagine space mushrooms? That, that could be something going through your head right now. So, Crazy. yeah. Yeah, that's my brain instantly went to drugs. It's probably something more nefarious, like embezzlement or just corruption of some flavor. But my brain also said space drugs. Okay. I like that. Because it just feels like the plot of one of those movies where it's like you thought the good guy, like the bad guy was on your side and was the good guy, but he turns out to be the good guy. That's, that was, that's my working theory at this moment that that hobgoblin is shady all right so yeah so you guys get through the majority of your like debriefing on how inspection works and how to keep a ship well upkept uh it takes roughly about 20 minutes for you guys to go through this so, so we're almost at an hour and a half is what you're saying yeah you guys are getting close to an hour and a half and you're like oh we better speed this up uh so what are you guys doing next well, it says on here, core cadets only. And it says something about weapons. Respectfully, I don't think we care about them. That's not well, us. Well, I'm saying you are what would likely be a spell jammer because you have magic. I do not. So I don't know if I should report to the weaponry and you would report to the spell jammer area. Does that you, make you sense? You know you are a... I am. Yeah, you are a core. Okay, thank you. I, I didn't cadet. know as a yeah, you do. as a player. I know. So. Yeah, that was my bad. Um, so yeah, you are a core cadet because you are not a spellcaster. You are unable to fly a spell jamming helm. You, however, are so you are considered a spell jammer specifically. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can't perform. Um, like you can't function as anything else on a ship, but you are good at that at least. So. Well, all right. Um, well, I guess we'll just walk down, and once we hit the Spelljammer Nexus, then we'll just split ways and see each other in the gymnasium again. All right. That sounds good to me. Okay. All right. All right. So you guys head on down, and you guys uh, eventually split ways. We have you stopping at the Nexus, and we have Riddith going on a little bit further down to where they are expected. So we're going to take a quick moment and just go to the Spelljammer Nexus. So, Pricks, you're alone, and you are allowed in by the security officers. You see the same sign printed next to them. It's kind of like just common knowledge. They just kind of wave you through once they see your uniform. Um, but the Spelljammer Nexus is the exclusive training area for Spelljammer cadets. It contains a laboratory, a library of uh, navigational and astrological references, a chart room, and the Nexus itself, which is a large chamber containing eight training spell jamming helms, ornate high back chairs mounted onto magical gimbals that encircle a 30 foot high orrery uh, depicted realm space. So uh, you enter and sitting in the center of the room is this piercingly purple eyed elf with this stark white hair cropped kind of short with uh, this green undershirt and a uh, leather jacket over top. It's not that bitch Vina, right? No, it is not. This is a uh, this is a much older looking man, uh, rather elf, um, and once he sees you, he says, ah, welcome. My name is 
Sereth, Abazine. Are you potential spell jammer, helmsman? Come Hi. to me for training? I am. My name is Prix Crixel. Well, hello, Prix. Why don't you come on over here? Again, my name is Sereth, and I teach all of the spell jammers here. All the cadets come to me for their training. Please come over here. And he motions over to seats that line the walls behind him, these high back chairs. So on a scale of one to ten, mm -hmm. how much does Sereth look like Jared? Not really. Dang. Say. Dang. No mullet. There's no mullet. First of all, if anybody could pull off a mullet on this planet. I know. No, no. I'm not saying it looked bad. I'm just saying he doesn't have the mullet. So he motions you over to one of these high back chairs. Do you take a seat? Do I? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Is there you. space for my tail? Uh, you know, it's not like it's accommodating, unfortunately. So it'll be a little bit uncomfy. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but I don't necessarily imagine pricks as having like this huge, like monstrous tail. Yeah. I'm thinking like proportionate. You okay. know what I mean? And you know, I'm I am a medium build lizard folk. So I'm thinking I'm thinking it'll be slightly on the uncomfortable side, but I can manage. Okay. I'm I'm used to not having you know, yeah. access to chairs that fit my tail. Mm -hmm. Well, so you're able to sit down for the most part, very comfortably. And he kind of starts going through the steps of you attuning to the chair, to this helm that he keeps referring to it as, but you've been on the deck of a ship. It doesn't look like a helm. Like when you, when you hear the word helm, you think of a wheel or, you know, even a rudder in the most basic sense on the smaller ships. And that's not what you see before you. It's just the chair. Um, but as you start to kind of like sit there for a while and he's talking you through the process of being coming from more familiar with it. And you kind of feel this like click. As if you kind of like sink into it further. And you have kind of like this extra dimensional feeling outside of your own body. So kind of like a um, hypnosis slash astral projection moment? Kind of, but at the same time, you still are fully aware of your own person. Still okay. fully in control, um, but you also feel as if you can control the, the ship or proverbial ship that you are currently on. And you can kind of even see out beyond it. Um, and as you look with your actual eyes, you can see this small little ship begin to move as you kind of motion it and you feel it, feel it, and you're able to move back and forth, similar to just moving an arm or a leg, right? Um, and as you sit there, this kind of like uncomfortable feeling goes over you. It's almost like it's queasy as you see it move in front of you while also feeling it move in your brain. And uh, Sarath says, tell me, were you where you wish to be one year hence? What shall the cosmos make? I'm doing a really long pause on purpose because I don't know how the fuck to answer this. Uh, I didn't realize we were getting existential today. Because I'm assuming this is like a backstory question. Doesn't kind have to be. Because this is what I imagine Prix's backstory to be. Okay. Is like, grew up in like small, podunk, lizard town, whatever. Okay. And the reason that Prix became a folk hero 
is because they use their glass blowing skills to make money for the village, but very poor. Okay. And then in like a Robin Hood style moment, Pricks was giving out money to people because like Pricks didn't need all this money that they're making this glass stuff. They're like sharing the wealth, you know what I mean? Because Pricks isn't selfish like that. So then there's like songs written about Pricks and that's like the whole folk hero moment. But you know, she's kind of going through her day to day and just realize that there's, you know, got to be a little bit more to life. You know? And, you know, and especially because now the village is in a pretty good place financially, they savings and whatever, and they've kind of dug themselves out of this, like, hole, so to speak. So she's just kind of, like, ready to move on. And so I think that's kind of, like, for me, the catalyst of this whole adventure is just, like, I want to do a new thing. You know, I want to meet some people. I want to experience some stuff but space drugs apparently maybe <laughs> um we love space drugs not just kidding um wait you know what never mind this is all fictitious we love space drugs um, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't real um, <laughs> so i guess i guess past that there isn't really like a like a future in mind that I see for okay. pricks. Cause I feel like, so I feel like she's at this kind of like crux, you know, like at this kind of like crossroads in her life of like, you know, she wants to, she wants to continue helping people. Cause that is like a part of like my character description here. I also, my feature is rustic hospitality, which is great. Um, and I'm determined. One of my ideals is freedom. Okay. I protect those that cannot protect themselves. So that it kind of makes sense that I'm here at the mm-hmm. Spelljammer Academy because I'm just training myself to be better at all that stuff. Um, also, Riddith, my weakness is alcohol. So if you ever want to get fucked up, I got and then you. we play in our band. Like, literally the sentence is, I have a weakness for the vices of the city, especially hard drink. So I took that as she's kind of an alcoholic, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, I mean, like, bad. But like I said, it's fake, so it's great. Yeah. Um, listen, she she couldn't be all uh, sunshine and rainbows. But anyway, so that's kind of what I see for them is like this kind of Natasha Benningdale, the rest is still unwritten moment. Do you guys know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I got your song. <clears throat> that was a throwback for all of our older listeners. Uh- <laughs> like us, because I remember that song. <laughs> So, but anyway, that all leads me back to, I don't know how to answer Sarah's question because like Pricks doesn't really have like, it's just kind of like a, like a very supernatural, um, as in the TV show, uh, supernatural saving people hunting things mentality, I well, think. you're like a, like a go with the flow kind of person. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe, I think. Okay. So the answer to that question is probably, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I I guess I was uh, overcomplicating it. No, that's fine. fine. I guess I would. I was just kind of also expecting myself to be hashtag deep, but like, mm, no, you're fine. I mean, like, we don't all have to be Plato all the time, eh? Yeah, and like, <laughs> you you have kind of this longer extended pause before you answer him, and it's just kind of like this, not quite defeated, but um, at least uncomfortable. I don't know, because like, that's a question that you're trying to answer. That's why you're here. You want that answer. So that's the whole point of this. Right? 
Yeah. So he uh, nods his head to that. Says, good. Sometimes we don't. And you get a point of inspiration. So on your sheet, you'll see a little box that says inspiration. Go ahead and click that. Now, at any time, whenever you make a die roll uh, with a d20, you can choose to use the point of inspiration to give yourself advantage. Yeah, you have finished. Uh, you you kind of are able to kind of move the little tiny ship around and get a feel of for the basics of how a spell jamming ship works. How much time has this taken, approximately? Um, you know, it felt like it was hours because, like, you're like sitting here in this contemplation, and you have this kind of weird out-of-body experience, like. Every second feels like minutes as you're trying to fully, like, figure out how this all works. But it's only been, like, 10, 15 minutes since you sat down in the chair. So I still have time. You do still have time. Heck yeah. But during that time, we're going to jump back over to you, Riddith. So, Riddith, uh, you continued on towards the stores, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, so as you get down there, uh, you go over to the storefront. Uh, so down here, there is the storeroom containing basic equipment, rations, and uh, extensive armory. Most academy personnel aren't allowed to pass the storefront uh, when quartermaster Mr. Blip allocates supplies through a, barrier, uh, a barred window. So in front of you, you see this barred window and a very strange, small man stands behind it with this black bowler cap and this bronze mustache, which isn't the weirdest thing because his body looks to be made of some sort of steel with rivets in it, and he looks to be in the shape and size of a gnome uh, with these kind of like round glowing eyes as you walk forward. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I... I think it's still morning, though. Sorry. Been a been a long day. It's okay. My clock might be off. And he, he smacks his hand up against his head, and you hear, like, a clanging, and almost as if, like, things are falling down inside of him. You're correct. It is afternoon. My apologies. No problem at all, sir. How might I help you, cadet? Well, Mr. Blip, my name is... Cadet Riddith, and I am here because I am a Corps Cadet, and I was sent to collect service weaponry from you. Ah, yes. What weapon do you require, Cadet? I prefer a glaive or some sort of polearm. I see you already possess said glaive. Do you wish to have a different polearm, like a halberd? Sure more the merrier. Okay. He turns around. He just walks back and he comes back with a similarly long pole, but instead of like this blade at the end, it has kind of almost this axe head with a pike at the end as well and passes it over to you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Do you have anything else you wish to purchase here? Did you receive your 50 gold piece voucher? I did, I did. Um, but not at this time. I'd like to peruse the stores at a later date. Unfortunately, you cannot peruse the stores. 
Only I can touch the stores. You must stay behind the cage. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I just mean, I just meant that I would be back another day. Affirmative. You are not a security risk. Thank you. Have a nice day, cadet. You too, sir, Mr. Blipser. Thank you. So you continue on and you make your way down to the gymnasium. You get there a little bit before your friend and you guys meet back up. Hey, hey, pricks over here. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. How was your spell jammer uh, test? Trippy. Trippy? Very trippy, but uh, good. Very good. Well, they are, you know, hobgoblins always used to make fun of the goblins because they, they were trippy too. Are you okay? Did you get hurt? Oh, no, that that elf man. Sarath? Sarath? I'm not here. Don't look at me. I don't know. Jareth with an S. <laughs> <laughs> he was cool. We we bonded. He he seems pretty chill. Uh, and it seems like I'm going to work with him a lot. And I'm very, uh, very excited about that. So, yeah, you guys are in the gymnasium. And before you, you see this long array of obstacle course. But before we hop on into that obstacle course, we're going to stop here for this episode. We will catch you guys next time on Dice Heist as they try to finish all of their tasks for orientation within their two-hour time limit and make it back to Bose and Tarto. Hopefully they can do it, or they might just get kicked out of the academy. We'll find out next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Dice Heist. If you like what you've just listened to, why not help us out by spreading the word of the show? Tell a friend, family member, or coworker. The more people that listen, the more we can improve the show for you, our listeners. Another great thing you can do to help the show is writing a review and subscribe on whatever podcasting network you use to listen to us, like Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and so many more. If you would like to help support the show monetarily, you can head over to patreon.com slash diceheist, where you can find a bunch of great bonus content like our after show, Heist House, where we break down the episodes and talk about what we liked or even disliked about how things went down. Or check out one of our one-shot onslaughts, each a self-contained miniseries with other friends of the show as guests, new characters, new DMs, and fun new worlds. I'd like to thank all the people that make this show possible, starting with our two guests, Erica and Julie, for playing with us today, and Aaron, Bronson, and Nick, our usual cast and my partners in this crazy show. Our intro and outro today is Fleet's Final Engagement, Battle Over Deneb by Richard Daskaz. And of course, we can't forget BattleBards.com for their help improving our show with their expansive library of music don't forget to check us out on twitter at dice underscore heist and on facebook at dice heist podcast feel free to reach out to us there or send us an email at dice heist podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of dice heist so pricks crixel um is a lizard folk human entity just kidding i'm gonna start the sentence over again (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be a great blooper now we love that